We met on the gram, became instant BFFs, and we're two girls here to empower women to be self-reliant. Hey, I'm Amy, founder of Alexo Athletica. And I'm Emily, the creator of Stami Tactical. And we are Not, Not Your, Your Average, Average Gun, Gun Girls. Girls. We're calling on our friends, industry insiders, and speaking to people about major moments in their lives. We talk guns, personal safety, share lifestyle tips, and everything in between. So grab your coffee or your vav because you, you can, can sit with, with us. Amy, I'm excited for today's guest. Like, we've talked about it, we talk about it in this episode, and I think all of our episodes at Dallas is really an awesome place for us to have um, our in-studio guests because there's just a lot of people who live here, and this one is no exception. Literally so so close to our studio. Like right down the block. I think you could have walked here. I'm telling you, we hope to have more because Dallas is the place to be right now if you are a Second Amendment supporting patriot. You guys are going to love this. We have radio and media personality Grant Stinchfield. You know him. You love him. You've seen him on NRA TV. You've seen him on Newsmax. You've probably heard him on his radio show. And he is going to fill us in on some amazing information on the Greenwood Mall shooting that just happened here. And you might even learn a few things about him that you did not know. I know. It's a great episode. There's definitely some things I didn't know. So I hope you guys enjoy. Let's jump right in. Well, well, here we are in studio with the one and only Grant Stinchfield. Grant, thank you. Thank you so much for coming and joining our show. Ladies, it's so good to see you both. Well, you know, we've been a little spoiled being in Dallas. We thought it was going to be hard to find guests that could actually come in studio once we started videoing this whole thing. And we've been really lucky so far. I think so, for certain. I think it also, we start realizing more and more people live in Dallas. And then we go through our list. We're like, okay, who, who like lives here? They're, and it's like, Grant, we got to have Grant right. on the show. So. It literally blocks away. It blocks. I know. Yeah. I think like right after I moved, I ran into you at um, Albernay's. We were going out one night. Like you were sitting at the bar. And you're like, oh, hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, by the way, I live here now. Yeah. Where'd you, wait, you no, said that no. or? Because where'd you move from? I've been here 20 no, years. I said that's that. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I said that to Grant. Okay. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, what are you doing in town? I'm like, no, I live here now. Like literally as of like two weeks or whenever that was yeah. like last summer. I'll give a plug to Albernay's. That's my all-time favorite steakhouse. Oh, Not just in Dallas, but in the country. So it's, it's, anybody. Is it? Okay. Because I have, uh, this is a good question. Okay. So Dal- favorite Dallas steakhouses. I mean, you know mine. I know Ours yours. is Chamberlain's. Mm-hmm. Richard Chamberlain is a dear friend. Love him. It's a consistently good meal every yeah. single time you go. You know what you're going to get. Yep. Yours is Albernay's. What's yours so far? I don't know if I really have one yet. I mean, I do love Chamberlain's, because, but I think I love Chamberlain's because you love Chamberlain's, and that's where we go a lot. Yeah. But we haven't really I don't feel been... like it's your vibe, necessarily. I'm trying to think of like the steakhouses that we've been to that are my vibe, and I just think all steakhouses kind of have the same... No. 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 no very no. different. Every steakhouse is different. I mean, you look at a... I, mean, I don't know we're going to talk steakhouses today, but a Nick and Sam's, which is flashy. They got, yeah. the, the, See, they got cakes are on fire. And then you, you, you got, <laughs> the drinks are smoking. Right. And, and, yeah. I think I like Chamberlain's. It's just like chill. Yeah. It is chill because it's quiet. Nick and Sam's, I always feel like I lose my voice when I leave because you're screaming. Exactly. Yeah, like Nick really and Sam's music. is like if you have people from out of town and you have to, or if you want to celebrate something big, like it's got that. Yeah. But to like go and like have like a good yeah. steak with friends. I pick restaurants all the time for the people that work there. Yes. So I go to restaurants because I like the people that's that work so there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's how it is. That's why yeah. I come to this this uh, this podcast because I like the people who run it. There you go. Yes. There you go. Well, you guys have probably seen Grant's face all over the place. Oh, and yeah. You're like the, the host, 
extraordinaire. How did you get into hosting? I've never asked you that. Uh, so I worked in mainstream television for 20 something years. I worked for NBC owned and operated stations groups locally around okay. the country. Uh, ending my career in Dallas at the Channel 5 station. And I got so fed up with the mainstream media and the bias, even at a local level. Mm-hmm. Um, the economy was tanking in, in 2008 to 2011. And in 2011, I said, I got to go do something else. I literally was standing on a bridge in a snowstorm during a Super Bowl in Dallas telling people to drive slow and getting paid a decent living to tell people to drive slow. Wait, did you say snowstorm in Dallas? Ice. Ice oh, when the okay. Super Bowl was supposed to be here. Yes. Ice Mageddon. Ice Mageddon. Mm-hmm. You told me about I did. Mm-hmm. Couldn't leave your house for like two well, weeks. I put the microphone down on the microphone stand after my telling people to my, my compelling news broadcast of telling people to drive slow, coming down the high fly, which is a huge <gasps> overpass in Dallas. And I said, I need to do something else. So I, uh, I bought an oil change business, a large one, real estate play. And I just went to work for myself, um, ran for Congress, lost. That brought the radio uh, hosting. I did afternoon drive in Dallas for mm-hmm. 570 KLIF. The NRA was starting NRA TV yep. in Dallas. So with my mm-hmm. TV background, my conservative background, that led to NRA TV. Uh, and then, you know, that went kaput. And then ultimately Newsmax called. And then was at Newsmax for a number of years. And then that's gone kaput on my behalf. <laughs> and so, uh, well, so now we were on U.S. Law Shield together. We did. U.S. You know? Law Shield it, was great. Yeah, yep. So that's my background in a, in a nutshell. Did, did everyone, I mean, did you know you wanted to be in entertainment? I mean, was that kind of what your plan was? Did you go to school for that? You know, it's interesting because uh, TV news really is not entertainment, but I will say this, the best way to inform somebody is to entertain them, right? Yeah. You guys do that on this program. You have great knowledge, but you're entertaining, so people will listen. If, it, if you're not entertaining, nobody's going to listen. Yeah, true. But I went into the news business straight out of New York City, wanted to be an entertainer. And I was like, I didn't know anything about news. I was just like, this will be cool to be on TV. Well, once I got into it and I saw, this is going to sound corny, but I saw the ability of where I could help people, where I could help people that didn't have voices, Mm -hmm. like hold leadership accountable, hold government accountable. Even the the artistic creativity that goes into Mm -hmm. putting together a video story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That all became my craft. And then, then I realized that I wasn't doing myself mm-hmm. or really, again, not to sound corny, or the country, any kind of a service. By doing that, I thought my talents were better suited coming out and, and speaking about what I believe in. Yeah, because well, it's so funny. I mean, I kind of have a, I think a lot of us say like those older, those of us who are older <laughs> in, in this business, there was a point in time when we always knew that entertainment or being in news was liberal leaning, but not everybody had to come out and state their positions. Mm-hmm. Like you could be a conservative in those arenas. You might even be able to share here and there what your beliefs were, but you didn't really fear that you were going to get canceled necessarily. And I remember when, cause I was doing the entertainment stuff as well. And I remember when NRA TV called me and I was like, I can finally like vocally share what I believe without fear of like repercussions and, you know, and then don't you just feel like from there now you just, you got to state your beliefs and yeah. Yeah. It's It's liberating. It is liberating. Well, was local news even allowing you to share that? Cause I don't think it wasn't until cable news really started, I guess, becoming popular and people were buying cable that 
you had these networks who were starting to run like the 24 hour news cycle where yeah. anchors you didn't and, know what anchors believe they right. were putting their I bias feel like they, into at that stories. point they were just reading the teleprompter, mm-hmm. even with so, like the no, local news. I, I think on a local level, certainly liberal bias infiltrates the news because you have young people coming out of college that are liberals. Yeah. And they're going in well-intentioned. Right? Just like what I said, I wanted to be a voice for the voiceless. It's a well-intentioned sure. deal. The problem is they're confused. People who go into that line of, of work, um, you know, quite frankly, they aren't thinking of entrepreneurship as, a, as an option. There are many of the same types of people that go into nonprofit work, so they don't think like business owners would think. They don't mm-hmm. think like capitalists would think. They don't think of the, the grand scheme of, of these things. So that's why you get even local news being liberal. But then there's the silencing of reporters, especially investigative reporters, from an advertising bias mm-hmm. where a little old lady calls me and says, you know, I was scammed at the, at the local you know, Chevy dealership and I want my money back and I can't do a story because the Chevy dealership is a huge advertiser. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So, yeah. so that happens at a local level. I tried to be where you didn't know how I thought, but I covered different stories that nobody else would cover. Mm-hmm. So I remember there was a story about Oxycontin. This goes back a ways where kids were snorting. This is the pain. Yeah, drug. Yeah, yeah. Kids were snorting it. And what was government's answer to Oxycontin? Let's ban Oxycontin. Just, so I went into a hospital, I interviewed cancer patients who need OxyContin to mm-hmm. survive. Nobody's thinking about that. These kids are snorting OxyContin, ban OxyContin. This is government said, this is our solution. Just do away with mm-hmm. it. And so I do a story like that to bring a different perspective or a housing project that was drug infested in the Bronx. And I go in and private money bought this housing project. They made all kinds of rules. You had to sign if you're dealing drugs in the, in the playground, we're gonna shut the playground down instantly. And so what happened? The parents, the aunts and uncles, anytime a drug dealer would come in, get out of here. They're going to shut the playground down. They transformed this, the worst of the worst. It looked bad. It smelled bad. It felt bad. And they transformed it into this little haven in the middle of the Bronx, private money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that story wasn't getting told. That's how I would tell my conservative yeah. stories on local news without anyone knowing that I was biased and I always was biased. Yeah. Interesting. So then when did it shift was working with NRA TV, the first gig that you did, that was, you were really able to be like very vocal about pro two a issues. Uh, well, you know, I had my afternoon drive radio program in, in Dallas as well. So that was conservative talk show. So I was free to say whatever really I wanted mm-hmm. there too. But, um, I would say the NRA is really what gave me my entrance into the gun world sure. and focusing in on gun issues yeah. to the level that, you know, I mean, I, not that I'm an expert, but I'm almost an expert yeah. on gun issues, right? When it comes to just, you can't help it when you're doing it every day yeah. for eight yeah. hours a day. Right. And you have to be in order yeah. to be able to talk to the current issues and what's being, and, and to combat some of the narratives that are being told. Sure. Well, it's, it's, it was such important work because you guys were telling the stories that nobody else was hearing. Mm-hmm. And I think as you dive into this world, especially like this, this two way world, you're kind of like, okay, there's a lot of these good guys with a gun story. People are using it to protect themselves that nobody's hearing about, or even the stories of women joggers getting murdered right. that no one talks about. It ends up on the back page of the news. And you're like, we actually need to be telling these stories to help, help, move this along right you know and be proactive about mm-hmm. it like the story of the guy in, in indianapolis right golly i mean talk about in one story what we've all been saying mm-hmm. why constitutional carry is 
so important. I've been dying to know this though. Okay, this guy, you'd have to be under a rock to not hear this story, but you guys, this this 22-year-old kid goes into the mall. He's a concealed carry. Uh, they have constitutional carry there, but he's concealed carrying. A fifth, were you shocked when you heard it was a 50-yard shot? Yeah. Eight, he hit him eight times out of 10. Would you have taken a 50-yard shot? So, you know, you have to know what's behind you. Right. right. But, you know, you have to weigh something else, too, which is you understand there are potential victims behind you. I don't know if there was. You know, we, you know that's like the number one rule of shooting. Yeah. You know what's behind yeah. your target. But even so, if life is being taken, you have to weigh the risk of, yes, I may hit an innocent civilian, but I may save 10 others. Sure. Well, one, that's a really hard thing, especially for liberals to comprehend. Uh -huh. Right. And, and I get in this argument, we talk about arming teachers. So they said, well, what if the teacher shoots and hits a child? And I said, okay, that would be horrible. But if the teacher doesn't shoot and hit one child, two, the whole classroom's dead. Right. right. The whole classroom's dead. So, you know, in that situation, it's, it's a little different than checking yeah. You know, what's downrange when you're, when you're at the gun range. But can you, I mean, I'm trying to picture this. I'm like, when I go to the gun range and I'm working on, I don't practice 50 yard shots very often. I don't right? know if there's many ranges you could have that you a 50 could. yard shot yeah. indoors. Right. But okay. How many of us that were lining up, we're breathing. Right. We're so aiming. Like we we're are, we are consciously like knowing we are, we are about to shoot. So at, we are doing everything mentally to prepare to take that shot. We know we're either at what five, ten, fifteen, maybe at a twenty yards. That's standing right. still, right? Not shooting back at you. Like the fact that this guy hit him eight times. Like the, the shooter was probably moving. So when I train. I like to train moving, right? I like to be outside. Yeah. I like to train moving because that's how you're going to mm -hmm. end up in a gunfight. Yeah. You're not going to be able to like take a breath and, right, you know, but, uh, you know, you had a guest on this program, Eddie Penny yeah. was a yeah. Navy SEAL, uh, taught me too about in a situation anywhere, if you can find yourself a flat platform, if you're in a movie theater and there's a shooter and you can use the seat as a flat platform, it should take a 50 yard shot. Now he, this guy didn't have a flat platform, a table, a seat, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. Um, it's really, it's really quite amazing. And then you think about your blood pressure and your heart beating. And so I've gone through some simulation with officers where they have the three, six, your yeah, yeah, simulation yeah. and they'll, and they'll run you through and you have firearms. And we went on a routine, routine patrol stop and you have a heart rate monitor on you at the start of the simulation my heart rate was about 75 which is higher than normal for mm -hmm. me but i'm nervous because i'm i got a camera right. and, I'm really right. and like i want to do well well a guy gets out of the car and starts shooting at us and they didn't tell me that it was going to also shoot plastic little bullets like so actual, I hear sim rounds. actual sim rounds yeah. i hear these things bouncing past us my heart rate went to 140 beats a minute in less than 10 seconds. Where'd you do this training? This was, it was set up in Dallas with the Dallas Police Department. But, cool. But um, there's a lot of organizations that, yeah. that do sure. it. Yeah. I fired nine rounds, one round hit him in his ankle. The, the police officer fired four rounds, hit him three times center mass. How far away was he? 15 yards. Now I should be good from 15 yards, but literally I'm jumping behind a door as I'm trying trying to 
dodge whatever these things are that are coming do you, at me. Are you padded? Are it, you like, do you no, have... <laughs> They were literally little plastic, little plastic They still hurt. (laughs) And just the sheer fact that something's coming at you, even though I knew it's a simulation. So I know it's a simulation. I know I'm not going to get killed, but my heart rate goes to 140 beats a minute. Can you imagine this kid in the mall who took him down in 15 seconds? How old was he? 22. Right, okay. We aren't saying this enough, but like that is so heroic. I Mm -hmm. mean, I, I just, I cannot wrap my head around the situation and what happened and the training. I told Emily, I said, the guy, I don't know where he was training. I don't think that information has come out yet or how much, like, is he former military? We don't know a whole lot about him. But I'm like, if I was that guy's trainer, I would be stepping up and saying, I trained him, uh, come work with me because I don't think a lot of us are prepared for that, for a 50 yard shot to unload your magazine. And it made me think too, what gun I I carry. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking that shot with my Ruger LCP. Right. That's not happening. I'm, yeah. I'm not hitting well, him, and I can't do it that fast anyway. Less than bodyguard 380. Then. I mean, well, we we carry those. You know, I carry it when I go running, right. but I carry it because I'm anticipating that if I'm out jogging and I have to use my gun, it's because it's a close quarter. Someone has jumped. Like out you know and the situation me. you're, right. you're going to be in in terms of like where yes. you're going. I don't carry that gun when I go to the mall. When I go to the movie theater, yeah, that, right. that's not. Right. I carry something bigger that I can be more accurate at a farther mm-hmm. distance. But I just think that goes to show so many things you got to think through. Do we even know what gun he used? I don't know what gun no, he used. No, I think there's, it's been pretty quiet on like a lot of aspects of I'd love details. to know what, what gun he used. Because usually to I that. feel like some of that stuff comes out pretty quick. But I think... Too, I've I've seen you, you instantly know what gun the mass shooter uses. Well, right, but they're exactly. not reporting on right. what gun the the hero used. Because I think most of the stuff that we've been seeing that has come out from him in terms of the you know anti gun agenda has been that is not the solution in terms of having somebody. Because I believe I can't remember the tweet, but I ran across it that of course you know the lovely Shannon Watts, Shannon Watts yeah, yeah said something about about him and i'm like you're the only one talking about it and you're talking about it in a negative way and we know that mainstream media is not sharing the story well it was the she brought it up about that he was breaking the law oh right and that's the, right the deceit the lies that that these anti-gunners are constantly trying to perpetuate because as you know he wasn't breaking any laws Right. So there was a, a uh, te- technically it's a gun-free zone in the mall in Indianapolis. Now, Indiana, like Texas, has been on the forefront of making really pro-gun laws mm-hmm. and in favor of gun owners. So it's a gun-free zone, just like in Texas where we live. Uh, you can carry your gun into the, to the gun-free zone, but as soon as you're asked to leave or yes. if someone sees you have one, then you have to leave mm-hmm. or go put your gun away. Right. Right. But if no one asks you to leave, you haven't broken any law. Right. And so that's that's the, the left doesn't really understand that. And then I would ask, he's 22 years old. Well, would he have been not mature enough to have done this at 20 years old? Two years ago, could he not have done that? I mean, they say that young people can't carry guns. I don't care whether he's 22 or 20. Or what. He's still a young person to me. I'm 53. Yeah. Right. 28. You're, <laughs> you're a kid to me. But um, it just blows the argument for everything because here you had a good guy with a gun stop, a bad guy with a gun. You had a gun-free zone. Thankfully, you had a guy with the wherewithal to say, I'm carrying my firearm in here anyway. I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried out by 12. And uh, and thankfully, Indiana had a law in place that, you know, you're not going to be able to prosecute this guy. There are states, though, that would prosecute him. 
you know, you think about, I, I do radio in Los Angeles. I can't carry a firearm in Los Angeles. So my country, the state that I work in, California, has says your life is not valuable enough to protect yourself. Even though I have a Second Amendment constitutional right to do that, they say you can't protect yourself here. If I was to carry anyway and make an argument that I'm still within my rights to carry, they would put me in jail. Yeah. Now, they don't put anybody else in jail, but they would put me in jail. Mm -hmm. If you were to use it in a self-defense yes. situation. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that. yeah, it, it, it just has blown my mind that that is immediately where the anti-gun mm -hmm. narrative goes. I, you know, I, I just did a post the other day. They had a law expert on The View, and that's really what they were talking about was, you know, this, this kid broke the law. And it's like, no, you, first off, I'm shocked because they don't know the difference between policy and law. Like, right. you can have private property that has policies in place that aren't breaking the law of right. the state. Now, some states, he would have been breaking the law. So some states, it's illegal. To, if, the, if the business owner puts up no guns allowed mm -hmm. and you carry a gun in there, you're breaking law. And it was that way in Texas up until only recently that uh -huh. Texas changed the law. Well, so but in Texas, you have to have the certain signage, like the 30 out 6, 30 out mm -hmm. 7 signage, the gun free signs at the have movie like, theater, yeah, like, even no though that's gun their allowed. policy, would not have disallowed you to take it in there necessarily versus the, the big signs that have to be posted in a certain place. I will tell you, I carry even when there is a gun free zone. I know maybe I'm not supposed to say that, whatever. I carry when I see the signs, I still carry in there. Well, what's, what's the, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Is it a fine? I mean, the worst in that Texas. Can happen is I'm dead. Right there. That's the worst yep. that can happen. Mm -hmm. I'm dead. And you know what? I'm not taking that chance. Yep. Well, and you know, I thought this was an interesting because I've been thinking through this a lot. And I'm like, what if we started holding places accountable? We, we meaning like those of us who carry our firearms, we start holding places accountable that are gun free zones that say, you know what, if something happens in here and you have now told me I have to put my gun up, I can no longer be responsible for my own safety, that you're in control of my safety. And if you fail to do your job, why don't we start suing them yeah. right. for not keeping us safe? I bet if all of us would join together and start doing that, we could maybe start getting some of these people to take down these signs yes. and stop being gun-free zones. The, the, the I'll only play ultra-conservative here, though, right? Which property rights is everything. So if you have a private business owner and they own the property and they control the property, they really have the right to do with whatever they want with that property. And you have the right to say, yes, I'll come in here or no, I won't. And, and so ultimately that's where I believe it falls down on, on to. So I would say, talk to the business owner before we talk about suing them, talk to them and say, Hey, I'm not going to come shop here anymore because you have a gun free mm -hmm. zone sign on, on your door. I'm not going to shop here anymore. Um, rather than, Probably, that'd probably hit them, you know, a little bit harder if we all decided, like, Maybe, we're just I, not going to shop there. I just don't know if it would ever really, you know, those kind of boycott things never really work. But yeah. I do, here's what I do say. When I see businesses with signs that say, and I understand when they say no open carry allowed. Mm -hmm. right? They say just concealed carry. Mm -hmm. You can do that in Texas. Yeah. You can, I actually say thank you for allowing me to have, like, because I know that person who's saying no open carry mm -hmm. probably is a little shaky on guns, yeah. right? So, but they're still saying, you know what? It's important enough that I allow people to come in here. I thank them for saying, hey, thank you for allowing us to carry mm -hmm. here and let them know that it's appreciated. That's a, that's a, I've never thought about doing that. I think that's, that is, has a positive impact. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think in letting these business owners know that 
there's that we care that they care. Yeah. I've, I've talked to them before when we can't in their eyes, like, uh, it's like the cat. I'm like, can I speak to the manager? And the manager like, take it up with corporate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they it's have no idea. They're not in charge thing. of that. You know, I'm not a big fan of open carry either. So, uh, but you know, look, it, it, it is your right to do it. It's, I, I'd rather have the right to do things uh -huh. rather than no rights right. to do things. But I don't understand any of you to carry open choosing to carry open. I don't know why you would literally put a target on the back of your head. Cause that is where you will be shot when the rubber but, comes but in. The, yeah. Are you, I mean, because really is a, is a gunman that's walking in and tending to do harm to mass amounts of people really taking the time yeah, I to don't know look if he's around really, and see really who looking. has a gun on their head. It's not I the mean, mass shooter that's looking. It's the it's, guy that's going to hold up the cashier that's looking. Ah, uh, so maybe you might, maybe you might or chase could it him deter, away. Or it could, could it deter him? It could deter him. But either way, it's not helping you to carry open. I really don't think it is helping. Yeah, I know there's a huge like back and forth in terms of pro and against the that. The only time I, I'm, I'm I would I'm say I want to open. do it is when I'm running and it's too freaking hot outside and I just want to have a sports bra and like shorts on. And I'm like, you know, I'm so hot wearing so many clothes because that's how I used to run. And you that's know? different too though. Tactical advantage is everything. Yeah. And so you give up some of your tactical advantage if you're carrying openly, in my opinion. But yeah, I yeah, no, I, I totally, I, I totally can't. You want to get used, we'll talk about things like that. Yeah. But to your point, I mean, if you're concealed carrying and they put up a no concealed carry sign, like, yeah, how, how do they gonna, know? And that's, exactly. and that's why I go in. And, and by the way, I'm not breaking the law in Texas when I do that. Really? Yeah, because they have to ask me to leave, just like in Indiana. So even with the, the signs? The, the even with the sign. So if I go in in Texas, just like in Indiana where the mall was, mm -hmm. if it says concealed carry is barred from carrying here, you go in, the business owner has to ask you to leave. Because then it's criminal trespassing. Right. It's not uh, necessarily that you're breaking the law of the state. You're not going to get a gun charge. And so, and I would leave. I'm not going to argue with sure. that. And I'm not going to argue or, you know, look, it's, it's not the employee's fault. I'm not going to get stupid arguments with low level yeah. people. Right. Yeah. So that that's what happened with these mass mandates was that, you gave ten dollar an hour employees the right to boss around millionaires, yeah. and and they loved it. Sure. So yeah, I'm not getting in a fight with those people. Power trip. Yeah. So at the in Indiana, so was there a no concealed carry, or was it just a it, the policy, marked as a gun? No, gun. It, ju it just said yeah, guns and weapons are prohibited under the policy. Okay. So and then then underneath it, it, it literally said if you were you know found, what is it um like. Breaking carrying. any of these, yeah. we can ask you to leave. And if you refuse, you could be arrested for criminal trespassing. Right. I mean, that was basically the gist yeah. of it. So, yeah. I mean, nobody even from the mall at this point has come out condemning the guy. The spokesperson for the mall has claimed he's a hero. Yeah. I mean, so nobody other than anti-gunners are actually saying, even the police so, chief is out there. <laughs> so did the, and I, I say this with, I, I, I know people are going to scoff or laugh at this, but like, did this mall have security? Because I know, like, when I say mall security or any, even, like, back in D.C., security in some of these buildings, like, I'm like, that guy is not going to save my life. Like Paul Blart. I mean, yeah, they, like, yeah. but just in general, like, are the businesses in the malls, are they employing security with all of the cuts that, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're not even allowed made. to catch you and chase you if you're stealing right. something anymore. You right. think the mall security so is like, going to come after the mass shooter? security even, like, around? I don't know. At this, like... My guess is they probably had ball security. They probably had some off-duty cops in there, and and you probably had jewelry stores that employ off-duty cops, like oh, in, sure, in every yeah. mall. I'm I'm sure, but 
even if you have security, and this goes back to my argument about school security, which is which is on top of mind of everybody, is even if you have an armed police officer and he's down the hall, mm-hmm. it's not fast enough to no. stop a mass shooter. Down the hall, you could take 15, 20 souls. Yep. So yeah, some of these campuses are like a mile yes, long. I mean, between like all the buildings, yeah. there. which is why the more good people you have that are armed, the better everybody is. So the left really has a problem with truth. And when I say the left, I say anti-freedom, anti-gunners, anti-liberty Americans. They can't see truth. It is an absolute fact that lives were saved because this young man shot and killed mm-hmm. this attacker swiftly. That is an absolute fact. It is an absolute fact that he is a hero. But you get someone like Shannon Watts with Moms Demand Action, an anti-gunner who's a lunatic, that cannot acknowledge truth. I mean, you have to acknowledge, I'm glad he was there. Shannon Watts, if your daughter Mm -hmm. was in that mall, are you not happy that guy was there? And if you say no, you are lying to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've invited her, and I will make the invitation one more time. Shannon Watts, please come on our show anytime. We would love to have you in studio, on on camera to discuss this stuff, because I would just like... We know we're probably not going to get a very honest mm-hmm. conversation with you, oh, but no. I would love to just... Like, where were you thinking? Well, I'll I mean, tune in to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think we may need to have that in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. Live that studio audience. Real good. Yeah. And Alyssa, Alyssa Milano. Oh, yeah. You did have Actually, her I feel like too. she's been quiet lately or have i just not noticed because i feel like there was that time where she was just like out there at the forefront like every every anti-gun thing that was happening like i feel like i saw tweets about her like she was in the news and then all of a sudden i I, I think i realized it when we were at when we were at nra because with all those protests i'm like wait wasn't she at the last nra Mm -hmm. um meetings like out there protesting and then i realized this i'm like i don't know if she's around and i haven't really seen much of her because she used to be pretty you know, I yeah. joked back in the day the reason she was around so much, all that, because she had a crush on me. <laughs> <laughs> She's just trying to get closer. <laughs> that is great. You know what? Maybe so. Maybe. <laughs> you never know. Maybe. You can't admit that. That's right. Would you ever date an anti-gunner? No, I couldn't date a, I couldn't date a liberal, even if they were anti-guns, but they were. I, I just, it wouldn't work. I mean, yeah. the circles I run in, my friends. Yeah. yeah. There's just no way that would ever, ever be possible. I often wonder that. I often wonder how in this day and age, people with such, because our politics is so divisive, it seems like. And like it's how running, in this day and all, age, I feel like it's running every kind of social conversation. When you go out, people want to talk about yeah. something political happening, whether it be guns, COVID, just yeah. presidency, things like that. If you and your spouse vote voted two different ways yes, in this we last to, election. Yeah. We really want to hear from you. Could you give us, let us know how you make that relationship work? You know what people are surprised at is my parents are New York liberals. And so- They're surprised at that? Oh, they're surprised because they're your parents. They're gotcha. Parents. Okay. They're my parents. And yeah. my parents are New York liberals and I love them. Um, and, and it's been really a very, very difficult time for us, especially mm-hmm. with me getting publicity and, and, you know, my mom once said I ruined the family name, which is tough, right? I mean, sure. you don't want your mom to think you ruined right. the family name, not. but they're just, they're just wildly confused. How but, did, how did, how did you become so different in have your they always, views? Yeah. Have they yeah. always been liberal? Um, they were not always into politics as much as probably they are now, but, but I've said this, I always was like, I was an Alex P. Keaton member from Family Ties. Yeah. I was always like Alex <laughs> Keaton, only an athlete. Okay, um, 
But my mother, a New York liberal, taught me everything I know about conservatism. And she doesn't even realize it. Really? She taught me that I have to take responsibility for my own actions. From an early age, she mm -hmm. taught me that. She says, when you get down, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Don't wait for somebody else. Or nobody's going nobody's gonna to bail you out. She used to say to me, and her most famous one was, nobody can make you do anything. I would punch my sister in the car, and my sister would say, you know, Grant punched me, and I said, she made me do it. And she says, nobody can make you do anything. Now, these are conservative principles yes. mm -hmm. that my mother, liberal mother from New York, taught me. And um, she's just confused about politics. So what was it? I mean, you just grew up and you said, well, this is my foundation. And then you just started paying attention more to actual politics and the way that I, politicians were voting. I mean, I, I always was conservative. And I always was fascinated by the news. And, and the defining moment for me was I loved Ronald Reagan growing up, right? Mm -hmm. So I date myself, but that was like my high school years. And when Ronald Reagan was shot, I was glued to the television, mm -hmm. watching the news, mm -hmm. hearing the news, seeing how he was. And I think that moment shaped a lot of what I ended up doing mm -hmm. um, in life. Yeah. Wow. So. Interesting. Yeah. I, did, I had no idea yeah. about that. I, I didn't know. even know. Did you live in New York? Uh-huh. Westchester County, right outside New York City. I did not know that you grew up. I yeah. always kind of thought you were just and a good old Texas boy. My guy. He's my dad's a, a hunter, shotguns, duck hunting, bird hunting. So I always was around guns, uh, usually more of the shotgun community. Mm -hmm. But um, but even my father doesn't, doesn't get it. He'll talk about AR-15s like mm -hmm. Shannon Watts talks about AR-15s. I feel like, though, that is almost normal for people who are coming from that like shotgun like upbringing do you know why no uh, people are gonna get angry for me for saying this but it, it's it's almost an elitist community the shotgun community of bird hunting trap and skeet it's an elitist community a lot of people in the Northeast, I know they do it in other parts of the country too, but you know, these shotguns are very, very expensive. Right. I was going to say, isn't like country club kind of like Very much mm -hmm. so. You know, you, you get, and, and they're great places and, yeah. and great guys and gals sure. that are there, but there's more of an elitist mentality. And up North, you know, people are just liberal. They just yeah. do not mm -hmm. understand what the middle of the country, they don't understand mm -hmm. how they think, they don't understand how they feel, and they don't understand what's important. And uh, it's kind of sad, really. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, we're, we're I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, would Congress just vote on banning AR-15s again? I think so. So, so where are we now? It's got to go to the Senate. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you, you hope a guy like uh, Joe. Joe Manchin, they need 60 votes. I don't think, you know, Republicans uh, got a real problem right now with Republicans. You don't know what the Mitt Romneys are going to do mm -hmm. in the world. And uh, I'm, I'm tired of them all out there. Mm hmm and I truly believe that Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy are all probably in, in the basement members lounge toasting scotches and the joke's on all of us. Mm -hmm. And it's time to get back to, you know, governing for the people. We're, we're no longer a government by and for the people. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to happen if that does pass? I mean, how do you see that going for the country? I mean, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? If we get we get an AR-15 mm -hmm. ban? Mm hmm Another one. We've already had one in this country. Well, I'll put it like this. I'm a law-abiding guy. Except for a few speeding tickets. I climbed a water tower once in college. I'm guilty of that, okay? <laughs> but for the most part, I'm a law-abiding guy. I'm not giving up my guns. Right. Well, and... Look at my shirt. Exactly. 
Come and take. Come and take. That's right. Um, and I'm a law-abiding guy. So you think the criminals are going to give up their guns? Of course well, not. The banning of the AR-15s in any aspect is not going to stop the mass shootings. We've uh -uh. had this conversation. We've talked about it extensively um, with Diana from the D.C. Project. But it's not going to stop. Mm -hmm. They think that this is going to stop, and they don't want to get to the root cause no. of of trying to solve an actual problem. They just want to start mandating and taking things away. Sure. We say this over and over again. It's not about keeping people safe. The AR-15 is just the easiest firearm to ban because it's scary. It's something that people can associate with being a weapon of war. Mm -hmm. And we know that the second, because if you actually look at the stats, it's handguns that are used majority for gun violence in this country. So if it really was about safety and keeping people safe they'd be going after the handgun right now but they know it's going to be a lot harder to convince people to give up their handguns right. so they start with the ar-15 i'll tell you what it's about it's about absolute control yeah it's about government control over all of you mm -hmm. so you, you look at what happened in australia they took away all the guns mm -hmm. and what did the government just do during the covid lockdowns they enacted literally oppressive tyranny on the people of australia it is, it is a fact that the emperor of Japan during World War II considered invading the United States of America. And he said, no, we are not going to invade America because everybody has guns. Yep. We'd never stand a chance. Our government trying to disarm us is solely about control over us. Mm -hmm. It's not about the safety of any of you roaming around a mall someplace. Yep. Today. Well, and, and I find it interesting with Australia. We know that violence has actually been on the rise in Australia once they took mm -hmm. away the, the, the buyback program they had the guns and and then everyone I'm always seeing that loves to chime in from Australia that's like well you know, we don't have school shootings because we don't have AR-15s I'm like but you also don't have freedom and you also don't realize that the that the firearm is the symbol of freedom to America. Mm -hmm. And that's what all these countries, we want to follow suit. A lot of the people, uh, anti-gunners on the left really want to follow suit on what's happening in Europe and other countries around the world because those people don't understand freedom. Right. They don't understand that that's why we right. hold this so dear because at the end of the day, we don't want an oppressive government. I will take democracy, freedom, liberty. It takes exceptional people for it to work. It takes honesty, for it to work, it takes strength and resolve for it to work. And there's societies in this world, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. But it works in America. And so I will always continue to fight to make sure it stays that way in America. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Grant, before we wrap up, we have like a quick little rapid fire oh, okay. um, thing that we want to ask you. So on your bio, it says you're a self-proclaimed 53-year-old gym rat. Yes, how do we uh, look so good at 53? What is the secret? I'm all jacked up on testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke either. <laughs> there you have it, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. testosterone. testosterone, look at that. No, you know, testosterone, honestly, this is not a plug, they don't represent it, but for men over 45, like this was a game changer for me. I felt like a train had run over me every morning. I couldn't even like make a fist. And so that has really changed my life, but it also takes hard work and, and I, I eat right and I go to the gym four to five days a week, not a long time, 30, 40 minutes. I mean, when it comes to working out, I think consistency, consistency is a mm -hmm. huge aspect. I'm not telling anything to either of you that you don't already know. Uh, you guys look fabulous. Well, thank have. you. So, thank you so much. Um, second question, what is your everyday carry? My SIG P365. And is that for all working out? Every day, like, do you change them up? So I know your Navy SEAL buddy of mine, Eddie Penny, I know he carries with him when he works out in the yeah. gym. 
I, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I wish I could, but I just am not quite there, but it is in my locker. Yeah. And I actually bought a fingerprint safe for my locker at the gym because I heard there were some break-ins. Oh, and I, and I'm, I, I belong to a nice gym. Yeah. So I've got it wrapped to the, just make it more difficult yeah. for them. Um, but no, my, my SIG P365 is my carry almost solely for everything yeah. except in your Alexa Athletica. Yeah. yeah. When I go out for a run, I just carry my little body. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a little 380. It's easier to carry. And so I, I carry that there. Or if I'm wearing gym shorts, sometimes I put that 380 in my pocket. Okay, well, I'm going to send you a pair of our men's shorts that are coming out this week. You guys have sent me you such can put that in there. <laughs> I mean, such. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for that. Like, I, I do appreciate that. I just wanted you to like, I just wanted you to like the gear no. and I didn't and need you to send that, but I appreciate that you did. Absolutely. I just really wanted you to like it and wear it and, and all that. So, all right, last one. This is for both of you, actually. Yeah. I, uh... Who here at the table is going to be trying pink sauce this week? First off, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. Okay, either. Good. I thought sauce. maybe you might know. Guys, yeah. on TikTok, this stuff literally called pink sauce. Yeah. It's being bottled up and sold. A TikToker made it and is selling it. It has just gone completely like viral. Like She's selling millions slime. of bottles of pink sauce. Like, is TikTok. it like a food like sauce? Yes. Yeah, you, you put, put it, it on, on everything. Put it on everything. You put it on everything. I don't know. I What's in it? I did just get on TikTok recently. You did? Yes. And I know it's controlled by the Chinese and all that stuff, but I was like, you know what? I watched a guy, what's his name? Gary something. He does, he does. Gary V? Like the yeah, entrepreneur? Gary, yeah, 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 Gary V. Yeah. Gary v. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. So he said TikTok is the play. It is. You're not, if you're not on TikTok, you're not getting your message out. So I'm one who's like still hanging around on Twitter. Like I'll put my message out wherever anybody will hear yeah. it. You know, I've grown, now this is not a lot, but I went from, 12 followers on TikTok to 6,000 in about two weeks. Uh -huh. Yeah, TikTok is really... Now, we growth. can't grow on no, there because they ban all of our gun stuff. Every so. single time, <laughs> I don't even post on my TikTok anymore because every single time I post within within 30 seconds, the post is... I, I have gotten way. some of those. My whole, like, when I go and open up my page, like, a person who wants to follow me may see, like, three posts, but I have, like, 20, and it's, like, community validation, community validation. I'm like, forget yeah. it. I'm not even going to go there. It's just not even Because I'm like, it. if we want to... If our message is to help women know how to conceal carry or they, they want to give information yeah. about that, we can't show a firearm That's at all. Crazy. So I've been thinking, like, do we put a banana there? Do we put, like, I don't know. Yeah, even blue the, guns? I think it's the computer that's figured out. So I can tell you, so I started a YouTube channel, yeah. Stinchfield Uncensored. Right? Please go subscribe to it. And, and I literally started from scratch, but Stinchfield Uncensored. One of the videos I put up was after this mall shooting, I put up a video, How to Survive a Mass Shooting. And I went through the steps you need to take if something happens yeah. to survive a mass shooting. They instantly flagged it and took it down. Well, I appealed it. And do you know, to YouTube's credit, they reinstated it. Oh, really? I said, you're right. I said, look, I'm not. You didn't have a I gun. I didn't have any violent video, no shooting. I said, I'm literally teaching people how to survive. Mm -hmm. How are you taking this? And you know, they, they How long did it up. take for them to? Less than a few hours. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I think it just kind of depends on like either like the algorithm, who might be working then. Or who might be working. Probably. That's yeah, too. that's that's so true. So, all right. Well, um, if you guys Besides, do decide yeah. to try some pink sauce, let me know how it is. I don't really want to put that stuff in my mouth. They say, I mean, it's hilarious. You guys should actually go look it up because it's... I'm scared. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's like homegrown in her kitchen or like whatever yeah, it I'm is. but like want it. Misspelled vinegar and the ingredients. No, no yeah, like... <laughs> I think it's no. dragon fruit, vinegar, um, vinegar, <laughs> garlic, honey, 
and I forget the other, I forget the other thing, but it's literally just called pink sauce. If you guys have any plans to try it or you have tried it, please drop oh, us gosh. a note and let us know. Yeah, please pink let sauce us know. is good and we should risk our lives well, to do it. So. Besides your YouTube channel, Grant, let our uh, listeners know where they can find you, follow you and catch up on. So oh. Stinchfield1776 on just about every social media outlet out there. Stinchfield1776, Stinchfield Uncensored on YouTube and Rumble, of course. And I've started there too. Awesome. awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes, but we definitely thank you for coming. Hope you'll come thank back you. again soon. Of course. Great job. Yes. Yeah, thanks, great. guys. Thanks, we'll see guys. you again next week. Not Your Average Gun Girl Show and its related companies, Alexa Athletica LLC and Stami Tactical LLC, shares information that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. A reminder that laws vary for each state, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. Any items, services, products, and advice mentioned during the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show should be used at your own discretion in accordance with your local and state laws, and you should follow applicable manufacturer's instructions. Not Your Average Gun Girls, Alexa Athletica LLC, and Stami Tactical LLC cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared.